In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Some people are just easy to spot. Uh, I mean, easy to recognize. Uh, For example, if for some terrible reason we needed to call uh, for help right now, call the fire department in in case of some emergency, it would be easy to spot who the firefighters were, right? They'd have the full suits on, the mask, the hat, probably showing up in a big red truck. Some people are easy to spot. If we went to the hospital right now, we could probably spot who the doctors were. They have the white coats and the stethoscopes around their neck. Some people are just easy to spot. And, And not just because of the clothes that we wear. Uh, For example, we could probably tell who all of the neat freaks are among us uh, because you all are the ones who are gathering up the bulletins after worship that have been left in the pews or or picking up the garbage that didn't quite make it into the garbage can. Uh, We could tell who the, the healthy people are among us. They're the ones who are skipping out on the donuts after worship and are pulling out apples and bananas out of their pockets. Uh, They've brought their own healthy snack. Uh, Some people are just easy to spot. Uh, But what about Christians? How do you spot a Christian? Or, Or maybe the question should be, can you spot a Christian? Is there some quality we have that is recognizable? Is there something in us that other people say, yep, that's one of them? Uh, It's hard, right? Because we don't have a a certain dress code that we wear. We're not given some suit at our initiation. We don't all wear a a certain hat. Uh, Even by our practices, it can be hard to tell who's a Christian and not. Our practices look very different. Some of us worship with organs or keyboards. Others worship with guitars and drums. Some Christians worship on Sunday mornings, but others others Saturday evenings or maybe even Wednesday afternoons. So how do you spot a Christian? Uh, Well, today, I believe Jesus gives us our answer. Uh, He shows us uh, how to recognize a Christian, what what gives us away, what uh, defines us or identifies us to the world. And that is, of course, forgiveness. From start to finish, we are people of forgiveness, people who have been uh, radically, uh, extravagantly forgiven, and now who go out into the world to share that forgiveness with others. Uh, our reading for today, uh, again, that's on page six, if you would like to follow along. It's, it's all about forgiveness, really. It, it begins with a question of forgiveness. Uh, Peter, Jesus' disciple, apostle, and friend, uh, asks Jesus a simple question. It seems to me by this time in Matthew's gospel, Peter probably knows a thing or two about forgiveness. He knows that we are people of forgiveness. He knows that to follow Jesus uh, means that we forgive other people. He, he knows this, but he also seems to know that we can't exactly be reckless with forgiveness, right? You don't want to waste it, most certainly. You, you don't want to just throw it away. Uh, Peter seems to know that you've you got to keep some boundaries around forgiveness. It's a precious gift, and, and you sure want to protect it. And so he asks Jesus a simple question. He says, uh, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? It probably seems like a generous number. It's, it's generous forgiveness, but not too generous. Uh, It's kind and gracious, but not wasteful. So he says, Lord, up to seven times do I forgive? Seems like a lot. Uh, But Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. That's probably a nice way of saying that forgiveness for, for God's people never ends. We just forgive and forgive and forgive over and over and over again. It's a lesson that is so important for Peter and for us that Jesus then goes on to tell a story, to to illustrate his point and really hit it home. 
It's a story, as you heard, uh, about a king, a king who had a servant, a servant that owed his king, uh, what does it say in our translation, 10,000 bags of gold. In other places, it's translated 10,000 talents. I looked it up in today's world, that would be about $4 trillion, $800 billion. I mean, just an incredible sum. Jesus might have well have said that uh, the servant owed the king a bajillion zillion dollars. I mean, this is just made up money. No one has this kind of money. This debt was huge. And, and the king knows it. And he decides to kind of cut his losses. He's, he knows the servant is never going to pay this back. And so he decides to have the servant, along with his family, thrown into prison. He's going to take that money for all that he can get. Uh, but, the, but the servant begs, right? At the threat of being sold into slavery, the, the servant gets down on his knees and begs. Now, it's important, he doesn't seem to beg for the, for the debt to go away. He doesn't beg for loan forgiveness. He, he begs for the opportunity to pay it back, to work for it, uh, which sounds nice. But if you think about it, even if this man was able to find a job that would pay him in today's world $100,000, uh, it would take him 1 million lifetimes over to pay back that $4 trillion, $800 billion debt. He's just never going to be able to do it. Uh, but he knows it's his only hope, right? He's, he has to have been living in fear, looking over his shoulder, looking for the guys in the suits to come knock on his door, uh, demanding the money and fear for himself, but also his family. This guy had to be living under this huge burden and weight of guilt. I mean, this debt didn't just accrue itself. He had to have made some, some bad decisions along the way. So he begs. Uh, but the king won't have any of it. He will not grant the, the man's request to, to pay back his debt. He won't give him more time. Instead, the king does something even more incredible, even more unthinkable. He forgives the man's debt. Uh, the servant won't have to pay for it. He won't have to work for it. Uh, the debt is just wiped away. The books are cleared as, as if the debt had never been accrued. This is amazing, right? A life-changing kind of forgiveness. No more looking behind your back. No more living in fear for your family. No more guilt hanging over you. We would have to think that this man's life was radically changed. How, how could it not be, right? He had been forgiven a, a most amazing debt. Uh, but it seems as though his life wasn't quite as different as we might think it was, right? If you remember, uh, the, the servant then goes out and finds one of his fellow servants who owes him a hundred bags of silver or a hundred silver coins, in some translations, a hundred denarii. Uh, in today's world, that's about 8,000 bucks, so a, a good used car worth of money. Uh, instead of showing that fellow servant mercy as he had received for his $4 trillion, $800 billion debt, uh, he demands that that man pay him back that $8,000. He becomes so enraged over this that he chokes the man and throws him in prison until he would get his money. And, and that's when the king steps back into the story. The master has heard about this and he's not happy. And so he calls his servant over, the one that he had forgiven, that amazing debt, and he says, you wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And then Jesus gives us this sobering reminder at the end. He says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you 
unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I think that story teaches us two important lessons about forgiveness. Uh, First, we have been radically forgiven with this over-the-top extravagant forgiveness. We are the servant with the bajillion, zillion dollar debt that we can never pay back, not even a million lifetimes over of working. The truth is we are the servant with debt piled high. We have mortgages and student loans and and auto loans and credit card bills and IOUs a mile high, loans that we don't even know about, but Jesus does. And in his amazing, extravagant forgiveness, he has wiped the books clean so that you and I would no longer live in fear, looking over our shoulders like, when is God going to punish me and when is this going to catch up to me? We don't live with the guilt hanging over our head of, of all of our past mistakes and sins. We don't have to live in fear for ourselves, for our family. We have been set free, no longer enslaved to the sin that once controlled us. We have received this amazing, extravagant forgiveness. And now, in turn, God calls us to forgive in the same way. Not just seven times, but 77 times. God calls us to be people who who those three words we talked about in the children's messages are always on our lips. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Uh, We don't say things like, I forgive, but I never forget, as we try to hold on to a little piece of that anger justify our our words. We we don't say things like, I love the person and so I'll forgive them, but you're never going to get me to like them. We just say, I forgive you. Uh, We also don't say things as Christians like, it's okay, don't worry about it, no problem, as we try to brush our problems under the rug. No, we, we confront sin and hurt and pain with the gospel of Jesus, with the forgiveness of the cross. We say, I forgive you. We wipe our debts clean. Um, there, there's something I, I probably should have told all of you a long time ago. I'm sorry if I haven't mentioned it before, but maybe, maybe it's time now. Uh, for, for a long time now, long before I came your pastor, I've had a second job. It's one of those jobs that uh, doesn't have a set schedule. I, I can do it whenever I, I can. I can fit it in here or there. Sometimes uh, I can fit it in while eating dinner, uh, watching TV, uh, talking to my wife, uh, sometimes it happens late at night when I can't sleep. Uh, when I'm not being your pastor, I, I have this second job as a grave digger. Uh, you see, I, I find myself here and there, uh, more often than I'd like to admit, with my shovel out, uh, digging up old hurts and pains and, and wrongs that have been done against me, old grievances and people who have hurt me. I, I find myself digging them up and bringing them back to the surface. And maybe you do too. You know, sins and hurts and pains that have long been buried underground, forgiven by the blood of Jesus, uh, us humans, we have this amazing ability to dig those back up so that they would see the light of day again. And sometimes we do this to justify our behavior. Like, like you want to know why I'm so messed up? It's because of how my parents treated me. (laughs) Or sometimes we do it to validate our feelings. Like, I am so angry, but it's only because of what he or she did to me. And we've got the shovels out, digging those hurts back up, bringing them back to the light of day. Uh, Other times we do it out of guilt. We, We know what we've done is wrong and we feel guilty about it, and so we dig up someone else's hurt so we can say, hey, look at this, I'm not too bad. 
In fact, this is why I believe that Jesus calls us, at least one of the reasons, to forgive not seven times, but 77 times. It's not always because someone has sinned against us 77 times. Sometimes it's because someone has sinned against us one time, but 76 times we've got our shovels out and we've dug those hurts back up to the surface and brought them back to the light of day. But you see, Jesus doesn't call us to be grave diggers, but forgivers. He calls us to forgive, not once, not twice, not seven times, but over and over and over again. Always keeping in mind that our debts, our sins have been buried with Jesus a million miles underground and he will never dig them back up. And so as we forgive, we leave those hurts and pains and sins against us in the same place, covered with the blood of Jesus, never to see the light of day again. See, brothers and sisters, that's why as Christians, we forgive. It's all because we have been forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen.